This is a show about getting spooked for fun, and neither one of the hosts are associated with the attractions discussed in any way, except for those skeletons in Devin's closet. Some topics may go from ghoulish to ghastly, so viewer discretion is advised. Welcome to The Great American Scream. Hey, you ever wonder why we're here? We, us, you, you and yeah. I, <laughs> right well, here. <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of ways to take this question. Yeah, uh, I was thinking, you know, more cosmically, we as a people. But sure, if you want to be all <laughs> small and boring about it, sure. Why are we here today, Adam? Well, you and I. The thing. Well, I, I think I think less about why am I here and more very often how I got to this specific moment. Cause I find a lot of moments in my life where it's like, there was a very interesting series of events that led to, and circumstances that led to exactly what I'm doing yeah. right now. Yeah. Thinking about the Rube Goldberg machine. That is every <laughs> single person's life where yeah. you're like, Oh yeah, the marble rolled down and then it went on a little seesaw and then it spun. Yeah. There are some sentences that I say that I'm like, that was a load of nonsense and only exists because of a very strange set of circumstances that have led me right here. Yeah. Why do you ask? <laughs> one of those, well, one of those sentences I would say is, uh, <laughs> hi, welcome to the Great American Scream. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is a horror culture and comedy podcast. Yeah. Uh, where we're talking about the them. history and culture of horror and why it's so dang fun. Uh, my, name, my name is Devin Wright. My name is Adam McConnell. Extended intro there today. Extended intro. And I mean, not our longest intro by a long shot, but no. our most existential. Yeah. I think is good. I meant more I your, to, your spiel after you introduced the show. You gave a little context of what the show is. Oh, yeah. I think I, that that was new. I like that. I think I'm going to start doing that. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, Just a reminder what if, of what everyone's in for when they get here. Yeah, because I think if we start out with the question, like, why are we here as humans? Maybe people are thinking maybe this is the great American scream, as in Thought? the great collective oh. scream <laughs> that America gives out. As yeah, it's thinking about its philosophical place in the universe, which is not this show. I wish it was, but it's not. I just had a a, a vision in my mind palace, and I don't know what it's okay. going to be for yet. But it's what room was it in? A bad one. Uh, but oh, okay. it, uh, it, it's it's. I have no mouth, but I must great American scream. That's that's something. <laughs> I don't know what it is, that is but something. it's something. I think I think that's a sticker idea. <laughs> okay, great, is. great. File that away in the sticker department. All right. Um, so uh, I started to my my I had a similar existential question uh, following our adventure at Halloween Horror Nights because um, I started what to think now? about uh, what <laughs> what what now <laughs> what now is one of them and the other one is why do we do this why do we go into haunted houses why oh okay. not just again. us but again yeah. the collective humanity we why do we watch scary movies why do we hide in each other's closets and pop out and scare people. Um, and we've discussed this on multiple episodes in the past, but we've never like dug deep, dug deep and answered the core question yeah. of like why humans like getting scared. Cause there's like a scientific reason of yeah, we've why people going around it <laughs> too much. Beating around the bush. Uh, why do we love Halloween haunted houses getting scared so much? Um, 
Because basically every step in the human evolutionary process has kind of hardwired us to avoid the kind of stuff. But we as humans kind of hacked the system to like make it work in our favor, which is like very interesting. Yeah, clicking um, noises. I'm in. Yeah, and if you like science, this is going to be the episode for you because we are going to talk about uh, the science of fear and why we like getting scared so much. Let's do it. This is Adam. This is. It took us 74 episodes. But I know. I think this is the thesis episode. Get to the, qu- this is the- <laughs> question. Um, and there's like a whole plethora of places that you can because you can start on this topic because when you ask a person, it's like, why do you like horror movies? Why do you like getting scared why do you like haunted houses or whatever most people i find don't have a like super concrete reason reason other than like i just do they're fun i enjoy them right i mean i i don't know if that's unique to horror movies i just Mm -hmm. I, i don't think many people uh unlike you and i specifically are the kind of people to go yeah, what are the kind of mechanics behind this emotion I'm feeling? Yeah. It would be interesting to dive into that. Um, I thought to start off it would be important to dis- uh, distinct between fear versus phobia as they are technically yes. two different things. You do not have to have a phobia of something to be afraid of it and vice versa. Just because you are afraid of something does not mean you have a phobia. Because um, we're going to be talking about more fear than phobia today, but... Uh, Phobia right. is going to play into it, obviously, uh, and there are yeah, also we talked different. About this at Universal, yeah, this exactly. Came up multiple times. This came up multiple. Adam, Adam, if you want to air some of your laundry, it's not dirty laundry; it's just regular laundry. No, it's pretty clean laundry, I would say. About it's, that, it's I, very clean, tame laundry. That I have a phobia of roller coasters. Right, and so before a roller coaster, it wasn't like, oh no, I'm scared to get on. It is my body will not get on this roller coaster. Yeah, because mm-hmm. no, what you're saying. <laughs> Uh, one of the things you said was, I, honestly, my worst fear is that the roller coaster works perfectly as intended. <laughs> like, it's not a, it's not a, it's not necessarily a rational fear. No, yeah, because whenever I tell people that I have a phobia of roller coasters, they try to explain to me how safe roller coasters are. And yep. It's like, no, 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 I know. I'm not afraid that I'm going to get fully hurt. Fully aware. <laughs> um, but that's, and that's one of the biggest things that distincts a fear versus a phobia. Besides, like, the, the and we'll talk about this because we're going to talk about phobia a little bit later but fear is an emotion while phobia is an anxiety disorder uh because uh phobias are like not that fear is also like not that fear is not uncontrollable because it is but with a phobia most people with a phobia know it's irrational and we'll talk about that later too uh and uh the fact like with me with roller coasters it's like even on roller coasters that I have been on before and know I enjoy, my body still has the same reaction as if I were getting yeah. on something that I didn't know. Um, just from whatever, as a child, I don't know where my phobia of roller coasters comes from, but I just got it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And t- like a fear when rationalized can often go away. Yes, exactly. A phobia that is rationalized doesn't. Fear is described, typically fear is described as rational while phobia is irrational. Um, And that has like a scientific meaning to it. Uh, And the reasoning behind this is that fear is a cognitive or a learning response uh, designed to Ah. protect us. Uh, So like that's why typically for rational fears, humans tend to fear the same things, death, uh, bodily Heights. harm, et cetera, et cetera. Um, red berries. <laughs> red berries at the side of the road. Um, or something that we have learned, so we've been told to be afraid of, stuff like war, nuclear power, whatever. Conservatism. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and phobias uh, are not cognitive responses. 
uh, they are disorders. Um, but so we're going to go into fear first because there's also different types of fear within fears that don't even Let's go into phobia. talk about it. So the first kind of basic, very human fear is innate fear. So the capacity to feel fear is a very important part of human nature and important evolutionary tactic that keeps us alive and away from danger. And there are disorders, and I wish I'd written the name of it in the outline, but there is a disorder that uh, is described as the inability to feel fear. Uh, and that is a dangerous disorder to have because it gets rid of your self-preservation. Um, yeah. And this is why we as humans have evolved to be afraid of things like heights and large animals, um, because the concept of preparedness uh, shows that these things are dangerous and the natural selection uh, would like keep that innate fear in us as generations went on, like less rational fears people were effectively who are bred out. Yeah, people who are not afraid of heights, generally more likely to jump off big cliff <laughs> and not reproduce effectively. People yeah, who left to reproduce afraid of heights less likely to jump off cliff yeah and sense. that's why uh it would be a rational fear although fear of heights is one of those interesting ones where it can be described as both a regular fear and a phobia because yeah the fear of falling is more rational while the fear of just heights itself would be described more as a phobia um yeah. fear of heights like if you get nauseous while like going out on one of those like balconies mm -hmm. where it's like you're very high up but you're very clearly safe yeah that's a phobia, a phobia versus yeah um and there are some scientists who even believe that i wouldn't we can classify that one as a disorder though that one feels still feels like yeah because like, for the human brain this is where phobias become like like weird and hard to quantify and where to draw the line because mm -hmm. like adam you being innately uh averse to going on roller coaster for a caveman, this makes sense. Yeah, understand. From a natural selection standpoint, go on big roller coaster, more likely to die in grand scheme of things. Obviously, they're very safe. Yeah. But, like, if you were to pass on, you are more likely to pass on your Be scared of roller coaster gene to the next generation. Yeah, but that's what's interesting about phobias, and we'll talk about that shortly, but that phobias aren't innate. Phobias are ah. either learned or picked up. Um, and it's interesting that I can't pick up where my roller coaster phobia came from. But uh, I digress. There are some scientists who believe we can actually trace back in history to where humanity picked up these innate fears. Uh, for example, the fear of mice and insects potentially developed in humans during the Paleolithic and Neolithic time periods, as this was when mice and insects became prominent carriers of disease and harmful to crops and stored foods. So that's when humans kind ah. of learned to be afraid to fear, right. not necessarily and mice and insects, but the disease that they carry. That's really fair, because we know that right between the Bronze and the Iron Age is when we as a society developed our innate fear of clowns, because as we all know, clowns caused the Bronze Age collapse. Yeah. And so that's where... We didn't <laughs> call them clowns back clowns. then, but... <laughs> right. We called them the sea peoples. That's <laughs> what um... And so the opposite of an innate fear would be a learned fear, uh, where if you've ever learned about classical conditioning or or Pavlov, this is kind of where this comes in. Uh, learned fear is not just Pavlovian fear conditioning or classical conditioning. We'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, yeah, humans... I like how... Whoa, 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 whoa. Pause yeah. the podcast. You in the outline have just written, oh, Pavlov. Yeah. <laughs> Which it can be read a lot of different ways. It's just infuriating <laughs> to talk about. <laughs> Oh, okay. You're just kind of like, ah, dang, we have to talk about this guy again. Yeah. That makes sense. I was worried that this was your 
like a like a drooling dog. Oh no! At the at the at the at the mention of learned fear, just went oh Pavlov. No. Um, so humans do have the ability to learn fears, and this is where some phobias come from. Uh, because fear can be learned by a frightening or traumatic incident. For example, if somebody's swimming gets stung by a jellyfish or caught in a rip current, they may develop a fear of the ocean, water, marine animals. Many different things can come from that situation. Um, but studies have also shown that it is possible to learn fear without experience that, experiencing an incident and just by learning it from others. So those, when we talk about cultural fears, uh, like especially when we talk about like xenophobia and stuff uh, or just yeah. general fear of the unknown, um, that kind of stems from a learned fear, especially for like different areas of humanity when we learn to fear other countries or nuclear war or terrorism or whatever. Um, and uh, fear conditioning, on the other hand, uh, is mostly used in like lab settings. And it's like a behavioral yeah. model in which organisms learn to predict aversive events, uh, which can like explain how learned fear happens. Um, but you can like you can induce it um, and then we don't do right. this anymore because it's unethical experimentation, but yeah, it's it learned. Yeah, it's usually learned by an aversive stimulus like an electrical shock uh, associated with a certain context, like a room or an object or some other stimulus like a sound. Uh, therefore, like if you shock this person every time you play Katy Perry's Peacock, they will eventually okay. learn to fear, fear, fear Katy, Perry's Katy Perry's Peacock, peacock. which um, is an, an apt an apt example because you would expect people to be afraid of Katy Perry's fe- Peacock because of a kind of societal, uh, kind of a societal propagandistic okay. uh, model and not, and not a Pavlov. So if there's yeah. anybody who hasn't been made afraid by society of Katy Perry's Peacock, we can use electric, so- <laughs> electric can- shocks to induce that fear. <laughs> um, and this could be the explanation for some phobias, but like I said, it tends to be just contained to like experiments and laboratory settings. And we don't do this anymore because it's unethical experimentation. There was a very famous yeah. experiment in like say the 1920s where they made this child like deathly afraid of white rabbits through classical conditioning. Um, I'm not smart enough to talk about all of this. Child, Albert Einstein. <laughs> um, I'm not smart enough to talk about all of this. Um, yeah. So moving on, it's one of those things that's not that effective to talk about uh, without a wider knowledge. Like obviously, this kind of thing is only effective to talk about uh, out of context. Out of context, like we can talk about conditioning in a laboratory setting because that's the only place we can look at just conditioning as a variable and nothing else. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it's not a very applicable thing to talk about. Yeah. And it can help us understand how some phobias may arise from seemingly unrelated situations, um, but not really as much anymore. Um, But speaking of which, now let's talk about phobia. Um, So a phobia is described as an excessive fear of an object or situation. Uh, And what makes it a phobia versus a fear is impairment, which is something that would render you unable to perform the task that involves a phobia, and avoidance, avoiding situations where you have to face uh, said phobia. And phobias are onset and are described as lasting longer than six months. So like, for example, a person may feel fear while standing on top of a tall building, but a person with a fear of heights or acrophobia would avoid getting themselves into the situation where they'd be on top of the building at all. Right. 
So just because you feel fear uh, on the top of like a tall building does not necessarily mean you have acrophobia, that you have a phobia of heights. Um, Cause that is a rational situation to be afraid in. The fact is if you had a phobia and if you could avoid it, you probably wouldn't have ended up on top of that building at all. Yeah. And this is where we get into the like discussion of the fact that words that have phobia in them are used in everyday language in a mm-hmm. way that isn't applicable to the actual phobia. Things like claustrophobic are like people saying, I feel claustrophobic. It's like, no, you don't, yeah. Jessica. You're just in a crowded elevator. And we understand that that's stressful, but it's not the same thing mm-hmm. as a as a phobia. Yeah. Um, and if somebody with that phobia did find themselves in that situation, they would feel significant or excessive distress, like not just a normal yeah. fear response that humans have, but that could be characterized by panic attacks, by fainting, or any other extreme response. Um, so... That's kind of like an important distinction of fear versus phobia. Um, And phobias are described as irrational because they are present despite a lack of danger. Phobias are not protecting you from anything. That's why it's different from fear. Um, And like I said before, most people with phobias know the phobia is irrational. Um, Yeah. And uh, because the response is so uncontrollable, uh, they are fully aware. Um, And according to John Hopkins Medicine, about 9.1% or 19 million Americans have at least one phobia, uh, and 75% of people with phobias have multiple, uh, which I honestly anticipated it to be a larger number than 9.1%. Yeah, I I wonder what, like, what their, when this study was done, what their sample Mm -hmm. size was, how much, uh information surrounding what could be classified as a phobia was portrayed to who they were testing because you would imagine nowadays if you ran a study like this you would find a higher percentage just because there's more of a knowledge of what a phobia actually is Mm -hmm. than there might have been in the past yeah this was a pretty recent one uh but um i I would be interested to see if it was a testing or if it was a self-reported um right exactly uh because honestly i would say that most people a, most people with phobias know that they have one, and then most people that say they have a phobia actually do have one. Um, yeah. Most people are able to draw the distinction, uh, but in some cases, people aren't. Um, and so phobias are considered a subtype of an anxiety disorder and can be classified into mostly three different categories. Uh, the first one is specific phobia. So these would be fear of particular objects or situations that immediately results in anxiety and some kind sometimes can lead to panic attacks. A specific phobia may be further subdivided into four categories, animal type, natural environment type, situational type, and blood injection injury type. And actually blood injection injury yeah. type is an insanely common phobia, um, oh, especially yeah. in children. And then you have, yeah, you also have man versus man, <laughs> man versus nature, man yeah. versus God. These are all, uh, you know, I love Adam. One of my favorite things in learning in Mm -hmm. school and stuff is when there was a tree involved. Some sort of a visible tree of things that came down from other things. Mm -hmm. Visual learner. trees, love them. I'm not a visual, I'm just a learner. I love to learn. I love to learn Adam. (laughs) I don't care what form it is. That's why we're here. We love to, that's why we answered the basic question. Why are we here? We love to learn. (laughs) We love to learn. Uh... But I love, I love that in this audio medium, we've painted a kind of audio tree. Mm-hmm. We have these 
three categories. We talked about specific. We're going to talk about man versus animal, man <laughs> versus environment, man versus situation, and man versus blood in- injection. Blood injection injury. Yeah. Um, remember we talked all the way back, and I think it was the slash or no, or the splatter episode. We talked about envelope violations. Yes. Do you remember talking? That's. Blood injection injury phobia is an envelope violation. If you don't remember, an envelope violation is when we talked about splatter film. Envelope violation would describe any anything going into the human body that shouldn't. Your body is an envelope. Yeah. And if somebody were to open up that envelope or to pierce it in any way, that is an envelope violation. Yeah. It is also the name of Adam and my uh, (laughs) two queen drag show uh, where my name is envelope violation and Adam's name is blood injection injury type. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, specific phobias is what most people think of when they think of phobias, uh, fear of spiders, fear of heights, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, And these phobias are actually most present in people aged 15 to 20. Uh, There are, of course, plenty of younger children and older adults with phobias, but most people that display specific phobias tend to display them in adolescence, which is very interesting. That is very, specifically 15 to 20, Mm -hmm. this is why only that small percentage was there, because it was self-reporting, and no 17-year-old is going to (laughs) admit to having a phobia. (laughs) Yeah. This is what... No, of course I don't have a phobia. I can go on a roller coaster whenever I want, Janine. <laughs> um, the second uh, type of phobia is agoraphobia, um, which is actually like people use it to describe the fear of uh, I think people use agoraphobia to describe the fear of being left alone or abandoned when it's actually a word meaning the generalized fear of leaving a safe, familiar or home area. Um, it may be also caused by various specific phobias, such as fear of open spaces, uh, fear of social embarrassment, fear of contamination or PTSD related to trauma that is out of doors. Agoraphobia is a very interesting one because it's kind of the fear of stepping out of your comfort zone physically. I mean, also socially, but also very often physically. Yeah, yeah it's an interesting a thing to place. It makes a lot of sense to place it as its own sort of category, because when you think at least before this past year, when a lot of people talked about agoraphobia, it, I, I thought that it was mostly talked about as fear of going outside, like specifically the kind of people who would describe the people would be described as shut ins would mm-hmm. be described as w- w- having agoraphobia, fear of the outside world. Yeah. And then we had a nationwide global pandemic where everybody stayed inside. And then agoraphobia became like a, a funny thing to talk mm-hmm. about on Twitter.com. Uh and that screwed up and we should stop doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it became a much more known f- word, but I don't know if it was known by its actual definition. That's It's really interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting how it is, own, it is, it is its own specific branch of phobias as well because it covers fear of social embarrassment, fear of contamination, PTSD. Um, uh, this is one that I did not know a lot about, so that was interesting. And the third uh, branch, third type of phobia would be social phobia, which is effectively just social anxiety, just, but it's social anxiety disorder uh, where, yeah, same, where the situation is feared as the person is worried about judgment or retribution from others. Um, this is fun for us, yeah. <laughs> for me to discover I have another phobia. We're learning. My anxiety disorder is also, yeah. I was going to say, oh, Maybe my social anxiety disorder is actually a form of agoraphobia, social embarrassment, because that feels right. Mm-hmm. But now I realize, nope, no, I've already just had that in the outline. It's right here. Regular plain old anxiety disorder. Join the club. 
Um, but yeah, that and that covers a lot. This would also cover the phobia of like public speaking. That would kind of teeter between that and agoraphobia, which. Uh, so there was a uh, 2014 every year Chapman University does a survey on American fears. Um, and as of 2014, the top uh, five phobias of Americans were uh, public speaking was number one, uh, heights, bugs, snakes, and other animals, drowning, That's and then blood and needles. Cheating. Yeah. Cheating to include bugs, snakes, and other animals as one phobia. They should have been their own. I would say, first of all, mm-hmm. should have been their own. Uh, I would r- very much be interested to hear where... Uh, arachnophobia goes within these Mm -hmm. i also okay i have a thing about a fear of public speaking yeah i get that a lot of people say they have a phobia of public speaking specifically i think that what people are afraid of is a lack of preparation okay i think what they're actually afraid of is that they don't it is a form of like uh, a lack of self-confidence of like i don't want to go out in front of my peers and have to talk about something without knowing that I'm the smartest person in the room to talk about it. A fear yeah. of not being worthy of a pulpit, which, hey, y'all, that's all anti-leftist, anti-commune <laughs> propaganda from the center and the right. You don't let these people make you afraid of the commons. In the commons, we are all equal and all ideas are welcome. <laughs> don't let them put that fear into you. Like, anyway. I think, I mean... I think it's so fascinating that the number one phobia in Americans is of public speaking, um, especially for Americans. That's so strange to me. Yeah, no, I ge- I genuinely think it is a it is this weird concept where you, in order to speak in front of people, you have to be like a quote unquote leader. Like mm-hmm. you have to have whatever because Americans fetishize leadership so much mm-hmm. and like having leadership qualities so much that like if they think they're not a leader, they can't talk in front of people. And that just leads to this idea that only certain people have these qualities that can talk to other people. Everybody's afraid of public speaking. Nobody likes it. Everybody hates it. I also think it's interesting that this survey classified the fear of drowning as a phobia. I would call that a pretty rational Innate fear. fear. Yep. <laughs> like and, and fear the, of the ocean, gonna... I get, or fear of swimming, right. like as a phobia, sure. But like drowning right. feels rational to me. Yeah. Yeah. Fear of swimming makes sense. Fear of pools, stuff yeah, like that. For, like, as a phobia. A fear of when are you in a situation, like we said about phobias, when are you in a situation where you are in water, right? The mm-hmm. phobia is not related to being in the water, but that you are in a situation where you must avoid drowning. Like if yeah, if a phobia is something you would avoid getting into that situation in the first place. Yeah, what's I think the situation where you'd be swimming but not drowning. I feel like that's like a weird, like vocabulary thing just on the surveys part because it should yeah. be like that the phobia hey, would be of the ocean or whatever. Yeah. Um, but of yeah, swimming. Yeah, even. Uh, like bl- of because a lot of people are afraid of swimming. Yeah, of swimming of the water. Uh, I have a. I wouldn't call a phobia of the ocean. I don't like deep open water because uh, I don't want to mm. run into any creatures swimming around in there. That's their house. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. My phobia. My phobia. My fear of open water is a kind of what's that ship that they talked the Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. It's more of a. I have a fear of ex- dying by exposure. 
I think it's the worst kind of way to die. I, I agree, but mine is more that I'm, and it's the reason that I don't like flying and the reason that I get a little bit anxious on like a cruise ship at, when it's like at sea. I don't like being in places where I cannot escape quickly. Right, 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 right. That's my issue with, with wide open water. Yeah. Like I'm a swimmer. I know how to swim. I could swim for a very long time. I'm very strong and powerful. Mm-hmm. However, being out in the open ocean, all of my this is what we talked about in the video games episode, Adam. <laughs> it's a it's a removal of agency is what yeah. actually scares us. Yeah, and that's the same reason why I don't like space. I don't yeah, I wouldn't ever like uh, to be yeah. in a place that I couldn't get but I don't feel that on like elevators or anything either. It's more like the bigger Well, elevators spaces. are not as high up as space, I've found. <laughs> actually. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, I feel sometimes when like, you know, when you're on like the subway and it stops in between stations. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't like that either. That gives me a little bit of the. Yeah, that gives me. Shivers. Oh, God, am I going to have to start rationing my water? Kind <laughs> of feelings. Yeah. Um. So uh, which brings us to the original question that we asked at the beginning of this episode. Is that why are we like into it? <laughs> hey, guys. We talked about why we get scared. Why are we kind of horny for it? Why y'all nasty? Why? Why? Hey, this whole podcast is is predicated upon the fact that I'm not into horror. Mm-hmm. Why y'all nasty, <laughs> nasty boys into this? Nasty. Um. So humans have been scaring themselves for fun for a long time uh, through storytelling, through things like cliff diving, or just like the time-honored tradition of hiding behind something and jumping out to scare your friends has been going on for yeah. centuries. Um, Adam, I think that we were bereft of a chance to live in the same space yeah. uh, during college, and I wish we did, just because I would like to think that our relationship is the relationship of two people that would jump out from behind things to scare each other. Yeah, that's the thing is I loved doing that as a kid, and every one of my siblings despises it to the point where they were get yeah. actively angry with me, which is a shame yep. because I always thought of really good scares. It mostly yeah, involved... Right. No, you're so good at it. Yeah. It was like long cons, too. I would hide in their closet for like 10 minutes just to get them good. Because yeah. that's the thing is that I would do is I it, I would hide in the closet <laughs> and I when I got into their room, I wouldn't do it immediately. I would wait until I oh, got comfortable. Because <laughs> the, the con, the, the scare is not... It's not just the moment of scare. Yeah. It's also you... There's the possibility that you came into my and came into my room and got into my closet mm-hmm. while I was in the room. And that's almost scary. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's the long con. It's about making sure they're comfortable before you pop out at them. Anyway, now we're talking about um, it could be so, <laughs> the the um, more on our scaring tips later. But um, the scaring ourselves for fun, uh, not only it it a it builds group unity. Uh, between people and we'll talk we'll talk about that shortly because it's actually a very interesting thing about bonding with people while you're afraid um and of course it like helps control behavior too like societal wise like being taught innate fears or that the outside world is scary or uh whatever um but this is the whole reason why we invented roller coasters and dark rides in the first place um, because we wanted yeah, ways the profit incentive. Yeah. Yeah. We, we wanted ways to experience fear in a, in a safe way. Um, the same thing with like f- old circus freak shows, the writing of Mary Shelley, the writing of Edgar Allan Poe. All of these are just ways that we scared ourselves in the, the, the before times. Um, yeah, I mean, when you're talking about group unity, that's what comes to mind. Y- you know, this, 
a, a paragraph like this in an outline can either be very uh, scary or or just very nuanced mm-hmm. because like using scare to build group unity and say when we talk about propaganda and agoraphobia and the way it leads to xenophobia, that's a very clear way that something like a freak show helps to enforce, right? That yeah. You good job. You're all normal. Look at all these freaks. Good job. You're in the in group. This is the out group. Uh, whereas something like a roller coaster or the writings of Shelley and Poe uh, offer a chance for us as people to bond while being scared, while also being aware, right, cognizant of the fact that this is being done outside of the the uh, animalistic innate fear part yeah. of our brains that we're safe that we're activating both yeah um and the the fight or flight response which is what we feel when we feel fear and it's especially what we feel when we're jump scared when we jump scared it's just fight or flight um which is why yeah. some people throw a punch, punch. Uh, when- sometimes some people fight what what we could say about this podcast we're both flight responders yeah anytime a scare popped out in halloween horror nights <laughs> Our response was to wave at them, blow kisses, or or <laughs> uh, scream, and then start to cheer. Yeah, because uh, we didn't want to fight. Um, and uh, this response gives you a natural high, and this is why, honestly, who enjoys being scared and who doesn't is all down to brain chemistry almost entirely. So, um, adrenaline, endorphins, and dopamine all get released in your brain when you're afraid. And some people just get way more of a kick from the dopamine response than other people do. And honestly, that's it. Just some people get a bigger high from the dopamine response. Um, and the reason that we even get this high from the dopamine response is that our brain has time to process that these are not real threats, which is why many people laugh and smile after they get scared um, because their brain very quickly identifies that this is not a threat and then they feel the rush of dopamine. Uh, and with the adrenaline, um, the reason – like when we talk about adrenaline rushes, the adrenaline rush is uh, – not from the enjoyment of the danger of the situation, but the enjoyment of the prospect of conquering that danger. Uh, and that's why, yeah. like, that's why I feel so great after I get off a roller coaster because I get a huge, right. massive adrenaline rush. Yeah, no, I cackle on roller coasters because there is the feeling of, like, oh my God, I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the end of that stupid, stupid loop de loop that some crazy person in germany came up with and you're like ha 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 i did it yeah i did it and it makes you feel good same thing with haunted houses yeah that's the interesting part for me you know you say here uh laugh and smile after they get scared like me i don't have the same ha 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 reaction after i get spooked in like a jump scare way Mm -hmm. i generally have like a god damn it response (laughs) after i get scared uh so it's it's an interesting even on this this one podcast with our two hosts, we have a difference in in the way yeah. we experience and enjoy adrenaline. Yeah, and it's just a different way the chemicals get released in your individual brain and how you react to them. I get a huge rush off of the dopamine response after getting scared. Um, some people get it from the adrenaline, some people get it from the endorphins, and some people don't get it at all. Like, that's just how it be. Um, and, of course, humans, like always have had an attraction to the forbidden, to the dark, to the taboo. It is a purely psychological thing. 
Um, and things like haunted houses allow us to, ex- or horror movies allow us to experience them in a safe and enjoyable way. Like horror movies are so interesting to me because I think that horror movies and comedy movies are the best at controlling our brain chemistry while we watch them. Yeah. I, I think it's because they don't require you to consciously choose to buy in. If yeah. that makes sense. Like a comedy can make you laugh whether or not you're bought into the immersion of the thing mm-hmm. or not. Uh, same with horror. You, it does A horror movie doesn't need you to fully believe that uh, I fully almost said Freddie Mercury instead of Freddy Krueger. <laughs> uh, doesn't need you to believe that Freddy Krueger is real to scare you. Yeah. Whereas a drama needs you to buy into the immersion of the thing in order to move you emotionally. And that's why I think... I always say that the two, like, you know, I'm a writer and stuff, and I always say that the two, whatever. <laughs> hey, hey, don't say it stuff. Hey, you take that back. You you take that that take back. Give us another take clean where you say, my name's Adam O'Connell and I'm a writer. Fine, I'm a writer. But when I write, I always say that the two hardest things to do when you write anything is to make people laugh and to make people afraid because that's just controlling brain chemistry. And that's not an easy thing to do. Um, Yeah, I think they're equally difficult. Um, And so fun fact. So we talked before about like group bonding, haunted houses and scary movies can be amazing bonding activities. Um, studies have shown if you meet somebody for the first time in like a fearful setting, like a haunted house or a horror movie, like controlled fear, um, you can actually feel more attached or attracted to them than you would in a low stress situation. Because when we're afraid, we release oxytocin just like we would when we're happy. And then oxytocin is working to make those memories stick really well in our brain. Um, and humans are humans bond to each other in stressful situations. So you're way more likely to remember them fondly when you met them under an experience of high stress, like a haunted house or, or a horror movie or a roller coaster. I have three things. Yeah. This is why I have a crush on Kayla, who we went to Hollywood. <laughs> uh, this is why you take people to horror movies on first dates. Uh-huh. And also this is why, even though uh, some of them were bad, it's why I'm, I, truly and deeply love everybody we went to acting school with that's <laughs> i think i always said that's why i think haunted houses are the perfect first date they're a perfect first date it's also why uh all of us from acting school are so well bonded together yeah because we were all afraid what is all that time. situation except fear breaking us all down into nothing um so i guess the thesis of this now is that hey everybody listening to this you take somebody on a date to a haunted house in the next two weeks. Hey, you go. <laughs> hey, you, you know were thinking that, about you going on that, that date. Do it. Take them to a haunted house. You know that person that you're in your calculus class with <laughs> that you've been. She always asks you for the homework and you say, no, I'm not going to cheat. Mrs. Quatoni is going to catch us. And then she goes, OK, but do you want a date? And you've been saying no because you didn't have an idea for where you're going to take her on a date. Now's your chance. Haunted house. You can go to the spooky scare house. It's <laughs> I, Halloween, baby. And you will love each That's other. That's why this... That's this the magic of Halloween. <laughs> People think that Christmas is why cuffing season comes around. No, no. It's cuffing Halloween. season is because we all take each other to haunted houses and we yeah. all fall in love. You take that person to that haunted house. <laughs> and this is also why we're here as a podcast. It's not about the spooks and scares. It's about love. Yeah. And you know who I love, Adam? <laughs> yeah. 
our wonderful patrons and everybody who <laughs> listens on Spotify and iTunes, especially those who listen on iTunes and leave us a rate and review. If you enjoyed this episode, you can join our legion of, of loving friends. Uh, that's what I call them. The, the love okay. And if you liked us, please leave a rate and review on iTunes and follow us on Spotify. Also share us on all the social medias. Speaking of social medias, Adam, pimp them, please. Yep, you can check us out on Facebook at The Great American Scream or more frequently on Twitter and Instagram at Great Scream Pod. Uh, let us know what you're afraid of. And if you are a yes, I love haunted houses and horror movies person, or if you're like a no, it sounds like my worst nightmare person. Uh, I have a feeling I know which way most of you are leaning based on the fact that you listen to this podcast. Um, but yeah. uh, and uh, you can tweet us or post using the hashtag TGAS. And as always, if there's something you'd like to hear about in the show, please tweet at us or make a post because your topic may become a suggestion for a future episode. Thank you so much to Michael Segura, who does the intro disclaimer as well as db viola does the intro and outro music you can find him on twitter and on youtube his video game songs are very cool and, and also a special thanks to our patrons we have a cool patreon at patreon.com slash great screen pod where you can get behind the scenes content and cool little goodies uh including getting thanked on every episode of the podcast so a special thank you to all of our man in the fields and above patrons so thank you to regina ben Gail, Joyce, Melinda, and Chris. And a super special thanks on this, our 74th Jesus Christ episode <laughs> of the podcast. Thank you to our two Three Kings patrons. Thank you to Melinda and Joyce. It means a lot that you would pitch in for this show that we love doing. Uh, we are 74 episodes in. And we're running. We're running on... <laughs> On content fumes, people. Yeah. It's going to start being single movie episodes. When I tell you, tell us what you want to hear about. Tell us what you want to hear about. <laughs> Please tell us what you want to hear about. We're dying. No, we're not dying. It's such a fun show to make. Uh, and we love having you here. I've been Devin Wright. I've been Adam O'Connell. And hopefully you have been spooked. Yeah, hopefully you have been spooked. Hopefully you got that dopamine release. In a fun, dirty, nasty way. <laughs> dirty, nasty way. <laughs> Your haunted house date.